Welcome to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. Join us to learn simple, accessible ways that the seasons, moon phases, and astrology can help you finally create a spiritual self-care practice you can be consistent with. I'm your host, Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow. I'm a practicing witch, a certified astrologer, and a published author. And I'm on a mission to help modern witches like you nourish your mind, body, and intuition so you can be your most magical self all day, every day. Hello, and welcome back to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm here today with Leah Kent, who is a writer, book coach, and book designer. She helps radiant, creative visionaries bring their books and sacred body of work to life. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I am so happy to be here. So good. Well, I would love to have you just elaborate a little bit more on who you are and what you do. Yeah, thank you. So like you, I write books and I love that so much that I also help other people get their books into the world. And I, it's interesting, like when you think about alchemy, I like to work with the words and also the images. And that's where I'm a little bit unique in that I love helping with the book coaching and the word magic, but I also really love the book design and the visual experience of working with somebody's wisdom, right? And they're putting it into the form of a book. So for a lot of the lovely people that I work with, we go from idea all the way to finished book. And um, yeah, so I work with a lot of just holistic visionaries and many, many witch, witchy women and magical women, which is just so, I just pinch myself because this really is my dream job. Yeah, I can relate. <laughs> I can definitely relate. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited for this conversation. So if you are a writer or you like to write for yourself or you're thinking about writing a book, you're going to love this episode. Um, before we get into our conversation today, I like to ask everyone this question and I would love to hear your answer. So the question is, how do you think witchcraft can be a form of self-care and help you to live your most magical life? That's mm. It is just like breathing, like living and breathing witchcraft. It is so stitched into how I do my life. And so in terms of self-care, I feel like it keeps me connected to my own center. Like I just really keep up my practice um, because it just keeps me in alignment with my own creative voice. And that helps me hold space for other people. I also am going to say that so much of what I think I love about, um, you know, my practice is holding space with other people. And I feel like I've learned that by being in circles with women. Um, and then I'm able to then generate that for others. So giving and receiving, um, you know, living your most magical life. One of my favorite clients every single time she emails me, it's like, hello, magical one. It is just so infused in the way that we bring our books into the world and how we, you know, how we just express ourselves. Um, so to me, witchcraft is your form. It's a, it's such a powerful form of expression. And with my work in the world, I just think that having a clear channel of expression is one of the most self-nourishing things that you can do. 
Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I think there's so many different ways that we can express ourselves through witchcraft. You know, it's so, it's such a broad umbrella of like, what is magic and what does it, you know, mean to live a magical life? Like it looks differently for all of us. And I think your own creativity and your own expression is really what shapes that. That's, that's really awesome. I love that. Mm, Yeah. Oh, good. All right. Well, I would love to hear a little bit more about how you got into kind of combining, you know, writing with magic. Like how did this all start? Um, that's a great question. Um, you know, I will say this, I like so many of us, it's a winding road. So if you're listening and you're like, I don't, it's not making sense. Like, what am I doing? It's not making sense. Um, I just want to say that's probably how you should listen to my story. It didn't make sense for a really long time until finally it did. Right. And it's a little bit like holding an intention. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, now, now it's coming together. So I, in looking back, can see that books have been a huge part of my life journey, that there's something about books in particular that is like really potent for me in my life. And that looked like reading way above my grade level and like exposing myself to stuff I definitely should not have been reading at that age a lot of like I got really into this one author who was all about like astral projection and all this like really interesting stuff um I even wrote that author a letter and got a response back from her and she confided that her books were like premonitions and would come true in the real world she'd see a news story that was reminiscent of the plotline of her fiction books for like YA. Um, So again, it's just so interesting how I really resonated with this idea of storytelling and intuition and dream work. Like I started to, I started doing dream journaling and I don't even know how I got that idea when I was like 13 or 14 years old, I would like keep a dream journal. So there was such a winding road. And how I eventually brought this all together is that I studied graphic design, always been a visual artist. I was doing a lot of online coursework in different fields like feng shui and food. And I was more in the wellness area. And then I got really, um, really deep into my like energy medicine and tarot practice. And that's when things start really focusing in I was writing. Um, so I was the kind of tarot reader who would give you a written reading. And so I was basically intuitively writing uh, for my clients. And that practice, it's like it just expanded me in this really deep and wild way. And so very quickly, I transitioned out of tarot exclusively and into um, writing my own books, publishing book design and book coaching. I feel like that's a good place to start. I'm sure there's more details, but like that kind of gives you a lay of the land. Yeah, no, I love that. And I resonate so much with that because I do written astrology readings in much Mm -hmm. the same way. And it's unusual, you know, most people do readings as video or, you know, live, um, But I found like after having many readings myself, I found that I would never go back and watch the recording. First of all, I 
could not be trusted to do that ever. <laughs> and I just felt like it was such a wonderful conversation while it was happening. But afterwards, I like I would forget all about it. I wouldn't refer to it. And so I was like, oh, gosh, it would be cool if you had like a document to refer to. And so I started doing my own readings that way. And I've done I don't even know I should count how many I've done over the years, but it's a lot. And it yeah. is it's so intuitive. And I think it's that's an easy way to think of it. You know, if if you think about doing a reading, right, it's obviously very intuitive, whether it's a tarot reading or astrology or anything else. Like it's obviously intuitive. It's obviously you're channeling what this person needs to hear. Um, but I definitely, and I'm sure this is true for you too. I definitely find that that's also true with writing books is we, we, I think we think of it as like, you know, two different, two different parts of our brain, but it's really not. Oh, you are so right. And I actually, you, the first iteration of one of my sort of very process oriented intuitive writing courses. I even called it like spiritual journaling. Um, but that idea that, you know, you are truly that there's a channel, right? There, like it's a literal channel. So we do a lot of like, we'll visualize what that looks like. You know, if you haven't already done that, that's a really fun practice. And um, you just kind of go in with a curiosity, like show me the vision. What does my channel look like? And what's been really cool, and I don't want to, you know, plant too many seeds, but for some people, it's more of like an artery, right? Like it's like a, like a very interior, like, you know, maybe it's red and maybe it's like an umbilical cord is the channel. Other people, it might be more like a tree root. It might be a beam of light. Um, for me, in one of the um, visualizations that I received, I write about this, so I don't mind sharing it, but it was like a well in the ground that like, um, allowed a sort of purple stream of light to come up. And I received that vision in this very powerful way in a guided shamanic journey. And that has stayed with me. It has never left. It was truly a gift. And so if you can have that very, you know, I think what I like to do is help people find a really conscious, almost like a tangible connection to that inner source of voice and wisdom and creativity and to basically own it and not doubt it. The, the thing that happens for way too many of us is we receive the, the vision, you know, we feel it and then we start second guessing ourselves, right? So if, if I would say, I, I hope that if I can do one thing in this life, it's to help as many people as I can to stop second guessing themselves in this area. Yeah, absolutely. I know I, I do. I teach a lot about that too, that our intuition is we're we're so taught not to pay attention to it not to listen to it that we're we're taught to second guess it and to doubt it and to think oh i need someone else's opinion or you know i can't possibly just know this for myself um and so much of writing a book is like letting go of that and being like nope it's just this is what i have to say and and, you know, I think there's, there's obviously there's a gray area. There's a fine line of like, we need to also do our research at times. And, but I mean, like my books are mostly my experience and there are definitely pieces where I've, you know, deeply researched how, what words should I be using to describe this thing? Right. Um, but for the most part, most of my books are very channeled in a way. They're very much my experience. I just sort of sit down and brain dump a topic. Um, but I think that process also looks different for everybody too. Yeah. And that's where it makes 
you know, to me, it makes a little bit of a difference if you're writing a story, like if you're writing fiction versus nonfiction. And at least for me, this is just honestly, I'm not great at fiction. Like that's just not my strong suit, but I am so happy lit up and alive when I'm describing the real world or describing what actually happened for me. Like you said, your lived experience. Um, and it's, it's just a different, different skill sets. Identifying what you really love is important in this. Um, when you find your language, you know, you just mentioned researching, like what are the right words to say? That's one of my favorite, like I'm a word nerd. I love words. I love looking at the root of them. Where did they come from and playing with them and starting like, they're kind of like good friends and you start gathering words and finding how to sort of string them together and kind of create this tapestry. If you, when you start doing that work, it's a, it's a way of finding your language. So it's not dissimilar to identifying like, what are the tools that I love in witchcraft? It's the same thing. What are the sort of like, what's my style, right? What's my voice when I'm writing? Um, I just love, I love playing with that and owning what I'm good at and letting it go and just being like, you know what? I'm here for nonfiction and I am not here to tell, I, can't, I couldn't write a, a story that needed a plot. No way, I just can't do it or I don't want to, whichever. Right. And that's totally fine too. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I totally resonate with that because when I was younger, I did a lot of fiction writing, you know, just for myself and I loved it. I loved writing fiction and I have, you know, occasionally tried to, to dabble a little bit. There are some, some files on my computer. Right. But I struggle so much with plot. Um, like it's just, it's just not my strong suit. It's right. versus when I outline a nonfiction book, like I pretty much stick to the original outline. Like I know exactly yeah. where I'm going with it. I know how it ends. I know what the point is. Like, yes. It's so different. And I think you're so absolutely right on with it's so similar to, and I think this is true of not just writing, but any creative practice. It's so similar to finding our spiritual practice, right? Of like what, what practices, what um, systems, what processes, what tools support me and make sense to me and which don't, which is yeah. just as important. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Finding, finding your way. Um, yes. I, I love outlining. Another thing that comes up in books, especially nonfiction is, you know, the, the polarities, right? So as above, so below, and it's also like, you need an outline and you need creativity. <laughs> so I always talk about, I think, I think somewhere on my website, it says intuition plus structure equals magic. Um, and that applies just the number. I, I think, um, you know, I was in some sort of a writing program and it was like, just write whatever you want. Just get to this word count. Um, I did it. And then I was like, um, I, I don't know what to do with this, you know? So it wasn't organized. So at least my personality for these nonfiction books where, you know, I'm really clear that these are offerings, right? A book is an offering of your wisdom. And what is so magical is that it is a portal. It is this object that can transcend time and space, right? So 
you wrote your book in California and then I can read it in Massachusetts a year after you wrote it. That's, that's literally magic. So um, you're putting this thing into the world and it's going to have a life of its own that goes beyond the moment in time. That's why it's different than a conversation. That's why it's meaningful. That's why it retains its value in the world. That's why even though the whole world is like going digital and, you know, you hear the like, oh, it's eBooks and da, da, da. It has not affected book sales. People still want to have a physical experience of interacting with somebody else's wisdom and knowledge in the form of a book. So just... Like if you were wondering, has it all been said before? Does the world need another book? The answer is always yes. The world needs another book. And no, it hasn't all been said before. You you need to say what you have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that's so like perfectly demonstrated in how many witchy books are coming out now. Like I always tell this story, but I maybe maybe I haven't told it on this podcast, my my own podcast. I don't know. Um <laughs> But I, years ago, when I first kind of came back to my practice, I had practiced for a few years, stopped practicing. When I came back to my practice, um, you know, I went to the bookstore to, you know, just, just see what I could find, see what was out there. And at the time, almost a decade ago now, um, our, we have a beautiful Barnes and Noble where I live, where you are from, it turns out, um, we have a, a beautiful Barnes and Noble and the witchy section was upstairs, like in the back corner. Right. And I knew that I knew where to go. I went to my section and then almost 10 years ago, it, the section was way, it was like three times the size it had ever been when I had practiced a few years earlier. And I was delighted and shocked. Like, oh my gosh, there's so much here. Well, then my first book came out. Um, and it came out during COVID. So there was several months before I was even able really to go to the bookstore, I think. Um, but when I did go to the bookstore, I walked into our Barnes and Noble and I went right upstairs to the section and it was gone. And I was like, what the, where's my section? It's been here for years. Like what is going on? And so I wandered around the store and finally I realized I had walked right by it. They had moved the witchy section by the front door. It's like right by the front door now. And it is 10 times the size it was 10 years ago, let alone before that. And there was my book on the shelf and it was so exciting, you know, but it, that was just wild to me that like, now it's not, now it's not like in this little dark corner in the, right. in the back upstairs room, right? It's literally by the front door and it's a whole section. Yeah. And yeah, there's lots of different things in there. You know, there's books on tarot and there's decks and there's, you know, it's kind of like loosely self-development you know, personal self-care or something or other, like they don't really know what to call it, but right. there's right. a lot of books there and there's lots more coming out every year, um, which, you know, you would think that like, I don't know, I think it's really amazing that publishers and bookstores and, you know, everything kind of within this industry are starting to realize that there is so much more to say on it is my long-winded point. <laughs> um no, it's a good point. And you know what, part of what's happening, um, just to sort of go further with that, one of the things that I love seeing is that there are more and more voices. Like what part of what's growing that section is that it's diverse and it's not the same two people writing about the old tarot deck or like a certain kind of spell. So now we're seeing all different cultures represented in that section, 
all different lineages are having their books written about them. And I think that is such a beautiful thing. Um, that's what makes me so happy is that, you know, we're in this space, we're in a community that is willing to do that work and welcome one another. I, you know, when we're at our best, we're all lifting each other up and celebrating each other. This is such a warm and nourishing um, community. And I think that, you know, the other thing is, as we all sort of step out, like, you know, you're describing, I'm just picturing it, right? Like, well, we kept the broom closet up in the dark corner with like the light that was flickering and, and we're kind of like, no, no, <laughs> put us up by the front door. We need some sunshine. And, um, and we deserve it, right? Like this is a long time coming, this reclaiming, this remembering, this reawakening that's happening. And there is so much strength when we come together and strength in numbers. Um, there's, so much beautiful energy that is happening here and really blossoming and so being part of this is again like dream job nowhere else I would rather be yeah totally oh my gosh okay well to <laughs> pivot just a little bit you had yeah. mentioned that you like to align your intuitive writing sessions with the moon and I would just love to hear a little bit more about that oh my goodness yes so I you know, moon, moon, moon magic was one of the first things that really got me deepening my practice. And pretty early on, um, my perfectionist little straight A student person inside of me wanted to like do it right. And I used to go to the little shop in my town and be like, okay, what am I supposed to do? And what's happening now? And figuring out um, the moon cycle. And I realized that I needed to have my own relationship with the moon. And so I, I started doing um, my channeled writing practice. I often would do at night. So this was, I think this is about 10 years ago. I would kind of basically write without looking. It was a way to, to interrupt my inner critic and not really know what I was putting down on the page and stay in more of a channeling space. And so I started to notice and start paying a lot of attention to how my energy was sort of going with the moon cycle. So I consciously carve out time at new moon and full moon to make sure that I'm just available, right? So I often say you have to show up to the page for inspiration to find you, not like the other way around. So I just make a real effort to, if, if nothing else is going well that month, I at least am making time at those points um, to do my writing work and to really be in that flow. But I, I took it a step further. I ended up writing a book, Intuitive Moon Rituals. And my premise is just like, you have your unique connection to the moon. So even if I say that full moon for me is a time of, you know, letting go and releasing, that doesn't mean that's what it's like for you. So I really have a, an invitation always to, when you want to write, to just honor your connection to the natural cycle, right? So creativity flows in cycles, the moon flows in cycles, but it's not about following some prescription. It's about you finding your own connection so that you can honor your flow and then you make the most of it, right? So it's about aligning with your own cycle, your own rhythm. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. I mean, I think it's so important to really go. And it's so funny because like, I'm an author and you're an author and we're talking about books, right? And there are lots of books out there about the moon and they're awesome. But ultimately, like we also have to learn to put the books down and to actually go out and, and witchcraft is a practice, you know, to actually practice it, actually connect with the moon ourselves. Um, how do you find that the, those different moon phases impacts your creativity? Yeah, for me, I tend to be a little bit, um, more prolific in new moon and a little bit more self-reflective in full moon. Um, we just had a gorgeous full moon and I was out in the woods and, um, right before full moon, I was getting a lot of clarity coming through. And then I actually had to kind of like step back and just kind of be in a suspension state with full moon. Um, yeah. So I just pay a lot of attention to it and I make sure that I'm outside as much as possible, even if it's cold and I have a screened in porch and I just make sure I go out, um, especially on full moon. I like to also write and like bury stuff. I do a lot of stuff with my writing <laughs> moon cycles, but yeah, I find that in general, the new moon is like a prolific time for me. Um, it changes a little bit through the wheel of year, right? This, I tend to go into a prolific writing time in the winter. Um, that aligns with my like astrological chart. I was going to say, okay, what are your signs? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, I am, um, you'll appreciate this. I call myself a blowtorch because I am <laughs> Aquar- uh, Aquarius moon sign, right? So moon and Aquarius, air, and then double fire. So uh, my sun sign is Aries and my rising sign is Sagittarius. And so it's this like, oxygen fueling double fire and it's really intense it's really intense I love it oh my gosh that's so funny I actually love like any combination of the elements I think they like anything like what because I work with the moon and the seasons together and astrology together you know and anytime I think we combine these different tools or these different cycles like they they are so much more personal to us they're so much more customized and so much more like impactful. I know we both work with the word alchemy a lot. Um, oh yeah. And I, and I love that, you know, that like when we put fire and air together, like there, there's something different than just fire and air alone. Like, and yes. I think that's true of all of these different tools we work with. Oh, very true. Very true. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, we share this connection to California and from the time I was young, I, felt a a yearning for seasons because I I grew up really like on the coast and the seasons are there they're just different than here where I am now on the east coast and that's my favorite thing about living out here it's like I needed the seasons to be really in my face (laughs) now they really are and so it's that has actually really deepened my practice is living here in New England with just really distinct and intense seasonal swings. Um, And it's actually really helped anchor me into my awareness of how things cycle through. 
Yeah, absolutely. I've had this conversation a few times recently about how the seasons are different in different places and we experience them differently. And, you know, and it's funny too, because I mean, I, I feel like in California, especially we experience them differently every year. Like you never really know when fall is going to show up. You never really know when winter is going to show up. It could be very early or it could be very late. You just mm-hmm. don't know. Right. Um, and, you know, this year I, I have a fall photo shoot that I'm very much looking forward to um, coming up shortly. And we intentionally booked it for late October. So I was like, this is our best bet to have some fall foliage. (laughs) Totally. But we'll see. We'll see if there actually is. And I've been driving around and I'm like, okay, this street corner, there's some trees with fall colors on them. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. Yeah. And then if you came out here and you saw how like yesterday the leaves were green and today my entire yard is covered in yellow leaves, like in one day. (laughs) Wild. And I think that it really is such an important thing to remember that just like with the moon, right? You can read a book about the wheel of the year and it can tell you basically what the seasons are in maybe New England, but especially actual England, right? Like that's what the wheel of the year is referring to is the UK. And it doesn't necessarily apply to where we live. Like we really have to, again, you know, read the book, receive its wisdom, and then set the book down and go outside and see what's actually happening. Oh, uh, yeah, that's completely. And I like seeing more and more writers finding ways to acknowledge that and, and weave that into how they present their materials um, or, or also to double down on where you are. Like the other way of going about it is go all in with like, this book is about being here and this is what you're going to find the, like in the world of herbalism. And I'm like, just, I don't know. I just felt the call to really get more deep into that. And so bioregional herbalism really like, but what's right under your own nose? Like what can grow in your backyard? What is what is there? Um, yeah, that place-based, um, that place-based magic is really potent. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like, like you said, there's a, it's just starting, there's more and more resources out there, but I feel like maybe that's the next wave of like really diverse presentations of magic is, you know, what is it like, what is different about practicing magic in California versus Massachusetts, you know, or, or in the South versus the Pacific Northwest? Like those are very, very different spaces. Oh, you heard it here first. We're predicting the future. <laughs> <laughs> we're trend right? spotting. We're trend spotting. Somebody, somebody write that book <laughs> or those books. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Yep. God. Well, I would love to just get like, what is for someone who is a writer or is thinking about becoming a writer? Um, like, what are your top couple of tips that you would want them to know? Okay. There's so many, but I'll try to keep it, keep it narrow. The first thing I want to say is write from a place of where you are right now, instead of reaching out and trying to like generate a book that feels like a real struggle. So the first thing I would say is it, it can be easy. It does not have to feel like a struggle. And in my experience, that comes from really anchoring in and writing about what you know in this moment and right from that place. Um, so that's just really important. The energetics of being rooted instead of reaching out in front of you, 
again, this is like, this is where words fail us. But you, if you think about what that feels like, or you notice when you're writing, if it feels like you're having to go and find a lot of information for your book, I always say, pause and just consider, is there something else that's available to you that's easy, that's right here in this moment, that that's already present? That's the first thing. Um, the second thing I would want to say to the to the person who's like, I think I might want to write a book is you probably have more than one book. So as you start receiving the information when you're writing, when it's all flowing, start to pay attention and get curious. Is this one book, three books, four books? And on the technical publishing side, I can just share, and I bet you know what I'm speaking about. Writing in series is a wonderful thing, you know, like it is a good thing to write many books and create a body of work. So rather than thinking about, I have to write this one book that has everything I've ever thought, everything I've ever learned, that's way too much pressure on you, the book and the reader. So just write one book at a time, um, just write one book. So that's, I usually say that like, don't write the book, just write a book. Um, so those, those two things, like be aligned one at a time. And, you know, the other thing I just want to say to somebody who's thinking about this is this just opens things up for people is you want to get curious. If you start to feel blocked or in resistance, ask yourself, what are you measuring yourself against? Like, what is it that you think a book is that somehow you can't do it? Uh, for most of us, we have some idea in our mind of like, well, it doesn't count unless it's X, Y, Z. You have some belief that often keeps you stuck or blocked. And if you can get curious about that, then you can like dissolve it and then you can get back into writing. I love it. Such good tips. Such good tips. Awesome. Well, where can people find you and connect with you and learn more? Absolutely. So my online home, leahkent.net. I am probably most active on Instagram. That's Leah Kent CO or Leah Kent Co. And yeah, just come find me. I'm super accessible. I'm a real person <laughs> and I love to chat. So if you have a book idea, if you just want to like, you know, exercise that writing muscle, I, there's like a free I have a free self-publishing roadmap um, and group courses and, and that sort of thing. Awesome. Very cool. Well, definitely go check out Leo's website and on Instagram. We'll link those up um, below in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here. This was such a great conversation um, oh, and it was great to connect with you. And you too. Thank you so much, Tanae. As always, thanks for listening to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow, and it's my pleasure to be your host. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Much love from Lupin Hollow.